morning and happy new year. Let me take this mask off. Ah, I forgot I even had it on. Yeah. Uh-oh, we kind of messed up here. We'll get it back. All right. It's a great year, isn't it? Three days into it. Hopefully nothing's gone wrong yet, you know. I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad it's 2021. I feel like, you know, we've been cooped up and haven't been able to do the things we wanted to. But we always need to remember, you know, God's going to throw tragedy in front of us and he's going to throw challenges in front of us. And we had a challenge in 2020. We'll have a challenge in 2021. If you remember, we had a challenge back in 2017 with Harvey. And, you know, I was so proud of this church. And when I say this church, I'm talking about all four campuses, how they just pitched in. And you may not know this, but we were the, we as an organization gave our time, our talents, and our treasure more than any other nonprofit organization in Harris County. I mean, that is to be said something for y'all. Amen. Yeah. And not only that, you know. Y'all need to give this praise team just a hand and John. I'm telling you, I love them. And I love that scripture that says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Because he want, that's what we want to be, right in the palm of his hand. And I tell you, you know, how we get there is just really submitting to his will and let him bless us. And, you know, it, it's just going to be a great year. I'm, I'm convinced of it, and I hope you are too. And, you know, I want us to be all that we can be in Jesus. You know, last week, you remember I talked about drawing closer, that we just make Jesus the number one priority, and that we just fall in love with him. And that's what I want us to do. Well, today, I'm going to talk about a parable that you're very, very familiar with. And, but it is, it's something that we need to remember, and it needs, we need to be challenged by it. And it's, you know, when we look at the Scripture, there is no debate, there's no justification that we may have that we shouldn't be helping the people around us. As Christians, that's our obligation to do. And so, even when we have to go out of our way and we have to stop doing what we're doing, reprioritize, our job is to be that good neighbor. And that's what we're here for. So, if you look in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it's that familiar story that you'll know of the Good Samaritan. And it says, beginning in verse 25, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. And this hymn is Jesus saying, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, What is written in the law? Jesus turned it around and asked him. Well, here, this lawyer, he kind of knew the answer. And he answered and he says, Is to love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor is this is yourself and jesus said to him you have answered correctly and go do this and you will live now here's the challenge that i have for you do you love jesus with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul 
This is, again, we are falling in love with Jesus when we do that. We have to be sold out to him. And that doesn't mean that, hey, we'll do what we want to do when we want to do it. But we do it as God calls upon us to do it. And here's the thing I want you to put in the back of your mind is that God doesn't necessarily call the equipped, but he equips the called. And when you get called to do something, he's going to give you the words to say. He's going to give you the resources to get it done. And you may think, I don't know how that happens, but it does. You know, I, I can tell you a story about one time we were going out visiting. You know, that's when we used to knock on doors and kind of do a little bit of cold calling of people. But it was right here at this church. And so one of the deacons that I was teamed up with, and I had done this a lot of times. And so he said, uh, you know, George, I've, I've really never done this before. And uh, I said, well, okay, well, I'll just follow me and I'll help you and we'll, we'll do what we need to do. So we get up at the door, and we knock on the door, and they answered. And this individual, I'm not going to tell you who it is, all of a sudden just jumped up and started sharing Jesus. I mean, was just, and I'm looking at him, and I'm going, did you tell me the truth while ago? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking this. And so, I mean, and it was just unbelievable how the Lord gave him words to say. We get back in the car, and he goes, I'm just exhausted. He says, I don't know where that came from. And I said, it came from the Lord, you know, and he used you just at the right time to share the gospel, to be there for somebody, to encourage them, give them an encouraging word. And see, when we're sold out to Jesus, when we fall in love with him and we love him with all our heart and soul, the next part of that scripture is easy. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. Because focusing on him helps you to overlook the things you don't like about your neighbor. Or, you know. And so here's, here's what we need to do. When we fall in love with Jesus, we are able to be that neighbor to somebody. Now let's, so the question he asked here, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he told him, love your heart. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself, and you shall live. But here's the lawyer in him, and no offense to you lawyers. Uh, and he said, but he said in verse 29, desiring to justify himself, Jesus said, he, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? That's a good question. And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, there was a man going down to Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, the Levi, when he came by to the place, saw him, and he passed him by on the other way. Now, when you look at this story here, the beginning part of it, here we see a priest. Now, the priest was of the highest order in the Jewish religion. 
And so you would think that this guy would really set the example. It doesn't say why he passed him by. You know, he, he could have justified it and said, well, I have to remain clean. I'm going to do this ceremony. Whatever it may be, we don't know. But we know he passed him by. And then look, there is this Levi that came by too. Now, a Levi was, a Levite was one that assisted the priest. They did sort of the mundane duties of helping around the temple or whatever the priest may need. And you would think this Levi was used to helping people. But what did he do? He passed them by too. You know, he looked the other way. He didn't have time. We don't know what the reason was, but he did. Now think a moment. What if this church would have said when Harvey struck, well, I'm too busy to go help. I can't help. I don't want to help. There would have been a lot more hurting people out there. But y'all stepped up and you went out of your way. You gave your time, your talents, and your resources to help others. And you know, I am so proud of this church for doing that. Not because we were number one at doing it, but because you listened to what God had you to do in meeting the need of someone. And it does tell me that you're in tune. But what I want us to do is even go deeper in order that we're never afraid to step out of our comfort zone and to share the gospel and to help people in their need. That's where I want us to be constantly every day. Now, when the, when the Levi, or when this lawyer asked, excuse me, who is my neighbor? It was kind of a self-justifying. You know, he wanted to limit the people that he would consider to be his neighbor. You know, I don't have time for these other people. I only want to be a neighbor to the people I know and to my friends. You know, when I lived on the other side of town... I lived off Wayside, if y'all know that area. And so when I would exit the Gulf Freeway there and take a left on Wayside, there were always people there wanting a handout. Well, I'm kind of a little bit of a, you might say, a sucker. I don't know what you want to call it, but I always would give them a quarter or give them something. And you know, they tell you don't do that. But I can't help myself. It's just who I am. Well, you know, actually, I kind of developed a relationship with some of those people because they recognized my car. They recognized me. And, uh, you know, I guess they expected something. But I didn't mind giving. I didn't really, you know, it, it's a small amount. Well, one day, you know, I didn't have any money. And so I just told him, I said, I don't have any change on me or anything. And the guy says, it's okay. You know, no problem. He just cleans my windshield anyway, you know. And so uh, I began to develop a relationship just sharing a little bit about, you know, really just kind of what Jesus and what he had done in my life to this guy. 
And he's not a person, I mean, I have to admit that I would want to go to dinner with or do things with. I mean, I, but the point is, he was an, an individual that God put there. And I just had to, to share my resources, have a little compassion on him. And whether he deserved it or not, that's not for me to figure out. Mine is just to be obedient. Now, if we go and look at this parable, this parable is not about your neighbor, but it's about what kind of neighbor you are. And that's what we need to remember. What kind of, what kind of neighbor am I? And if you look at this, here we see this guy had been beaten, he had been stripped, he had been robbed, and he was on a... He was on a journey, it says, from Jerusalem to Jericho, about 17 miles. And he goes through some narrow areas where, the, where robbers hid. And obviously they attacked him and did all this to him. And it says in there that if he, I mean, it doesn't say in here, but we know from their custom was that if somebody didn't resist, they didn't get beat up. If there's a lesson we should learn, you know, if you ever get robbed, just give them what you have, you know. Don't, don't take the point of, of taking the risk of fighting back. It's not worth it. So, you know, and if you look at this, we see in verse 33, let's go on to there. It says, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, and he went to him, and notice what he did. He bound his wounds, he poured oil on and wine on him, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he gave, he took out two denarios and gave them to the innkeeper innkeeper saying take care of him and whatever more you spend I will repay you when I come back here's this despised American who helped this Jewish man in his time of need see it didn't matter what race he was what culture he had it just mattered that he was a person in need and you know I think this tells us a little bit about how we can be that good neighbor. And if you look here, we'll see to be a good neighbor, we have to see that there is an opportunity out there. See, I believe that God puts these things in front of us and they're divine encounters to see what we're going to do. And we have to be obedient at this time to just look around us to see where the need is and to meet it now you may say I don't have those the ability I don't have the time I don't have the resources I don't have the talent you do it doesn't require much it just requires obedience and that's what God is looking for He's not looking for you to just abundantly give unless you can, but just to give of yourself. And that's what he's after here. See, notice also 
I think that not only do you have to see the opportunity, you have to demonstrate compassion. You have to stop and say, I'm going to do something. You remember when Jesus looked out over the countryside there and he wept? Shortest verse in the Bible, he wept. And what was he weeping for? He was concerned and had compassion for the people that were lost and needed a savior. See, compassion is our response to the need of others. And it requires us then to take some immediate action. And so when we take immediate look, when we take immediate action, that's when God's going to use us beyond our expectation. Look what the guy did, the Samaritan. He stopped. He saw a need. He bound up his wounds. He put oil and wine on them. He put him on his horse. He took him and was with him that night, ministered to him, helped him out. And then he gave two denarii, which is two days wages to the innkeeper, which effectively was four days of care. And he told the innkeeper, I'll come back and I'll repay you, basically. That's what he did. If you look here, it took his time, it took his talents, it took his treasure. He used what he had. God provided for him to be able to do this. You know, <clears throat> when I was a young guy a long time ago, I was in my 20s, and I took a trip to Nacogdoches and went out Highway 59. And I might have told you this story before. But as a young guy, of course, I probably was going faster than I should. And I passed this car. I didn't know it. But before long, my car overheated. And I, got, and I had to pull over. Well, it was about 15 minutes till 5. And if you know anything about a small town, it closes up at 5 o'clock. And I wasn't quite to Nacogdoches, but then no sooner had I pulled over, this car pulled up right in front of me. It was a man and a lady. And, uh, you know, it kind of shocked me a little bit. And so he says, let me help you. He said, get in the car. Well, we raised the hood. He said, well, you need a new belt. It broke. And he says, let me help you. Excuse me, it wasn't a belt. It was a water hose. And so he goes, uh, let me help you. Get in the car, and we're going to go get you, get you the water hose. We go to this filling station, and it was five minutes till five, just fixing the clothes. And lo and behold, they had the exact water hose that was needed. So we get back, and he brings me back, and I go, well, I don't have any tools to put that on. Don't worry about it. I'll do that. He put it on. And I said, I don't have any water. He goes, don't worry, I've got that or antifreeze. He says, I've got that. And I'm just looking here going, whoa, this guy's got everything I need to, to fix my car. And so 
when he got done, I asked him this question. I said, why did you stop? He said, well, we saw you speeding by, you know. And you reminded us of our son who was in Vietnam. And he goes, we just hope that someone looks after him the way we're looking after you. See, even though the compassion was motivated by reminding me reminding them of their son, they acted. And I got the benefit of it. And, I, and it still sticks with me today. I asked him, I said, what's your name? And all he would say, well, I'm just part of the Parker Brothers. And you can surmise to who that is here in Houston. And he goes, he, I said, you know, and of course I asked him, do I owe you anything? And he goes, not at all. It's my pleasure. I'm glad we had to do this. See, he was a good Samaritan that stopped out of his way and helped a neighbor, helped an individual he didn't even know. And that's how we need to be. We need to take time, and God has the resources available when he puts that divine encounter for you to meet the need of the moment. Now, God doesn't have any distinction between people. We're all in need, and we all need a helping hand at some time. You know, what does compassion cost? It costs your time, your treasure, and your talents. But is it worth it? I think there's no greater joy that you can receive than when you're serving others. And when you're there making yourself available when those encounters come. You know, when we look at this, this God tells us here, I want to go on with verse 36, and he says, he asks the question, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he answered this, and he said, you know, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. See, that's what God wants us to do, to be available to show mercy. This, the answer to this question is obvious. It was obvious to this man, this attorney, that was speaking to Jesus. See, it's not about, like we said, who is your neighbor? It's really about what kind of neighbor am I? And we need to remember that. You know, I was, uh, I want to tell you one more story here before I close. And that is, you, you, many of y'all know, you know, I lost my wife almost 10 years ago now. I just can't believe the time has flown. And so, and she was sick a good while. And uh, a lady, and I'll tell you who it is, a lady by the name of Nancy Robertson who went to this church back then. She organized the ladies of the church to come sit with Lynn during, uh, you know, a morning session and afternoon session so I could go to work. And, and uh, 
all of these ladies, I have to, you know, I never can thank them enough. And all of these ladies told me that, yeah, you know, they received the greatest blessing by just taking time out of their lives to do this. And so I, I told Nancy, I said, Nancy, you know, I can never repay you for what you've done. And she looked at me, and here's what she said. She said, I am just repaying you for what you did for me a long time ago. And I, you know, I went, what in the world is that? You know, I don't remember doing anything. And here's what she said. Do you remember when we first came to this church? She said, Cody, their little boy, got sick and was in the hospital. And you came to visit us in the hospital. Well, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I just did what, you know, I was called to do. Go visit people in the hospital. I didn't really know the Robertsons that well. But to her, it made the biggest impact on her. She remembered it all of these years just by that little visit and the prayer I prayed for her. See, it's not what you think is nothing that you may do for somebody else can mean a lot for them. And you never know how God's going to use that or where it's going to come back to you. All you have to do is to be obedient and to be available. And when you do that, you are walking in God's will. And he's going to give you the resources to get the task done. And that's all you have to do is to be available. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.